Hey. Oh, hey, I'm on. Sorry, I thought I'd done something wrong. Um, there we go. Oh, God's good. You guys okay? Yeah. Yeah? Are you sure? <laughs> you sure? Yeah, like, oh, it's easy. Um, um, so... It's always a really good thing when um, God does stuff and then you have got hardly any time (laughs) left to kind of talk about what you were going to talk about. So you need to forgive me. I am going to be kind of working through this and chopping and changing as I go. Um, So please bear with. Um, But for those of you who don't know me, my name is Kat. I'm one of the pastors here at Ashford Vineyard. Um, And if this is your first time, you are so, so welcome Um, We have been spending a little bit of time over the last month or so um, on a bit of a mini-series, looking at what it looks like for us here to be growing in um, and developing a culture of family. And um, and by culture, we are talking about a bringing together of beliefs and behaviour and creating an environment where essentially we're saying we want to grow in this. Um, We already have a wonderful family feel among us, and that is so precious, and we really want to continue to lean into the culture of family that God is looking to deepen in us. Um, So we believe that we are a family on a mission who creates spaces for people to encounter God, just like now, be equipped to bring life to the city, and experience the outworking of this in their day-to-day And we talk about this church as a family rather than an institution or an organisation that requires membership because we believe that family is the culture of heaven. And we're going to just talk a little bit about that um, this morning. And I I loved what Becca said um, earlier when she um, spoke about God giving us a new identity, son and daughter. And that's essentially what I'm going to be talking about this morning. It's within the context of forgiveness and restoration, but actually like the leaning that I felt like the Lord was um, asking me to lean into was around identity. Um, So that is what we're going to do this morning in about 10 minutes. Um, So... We, are, we, we want people to know that they are sons and daughters and treated as such. We are not members or participants. We are family. We are sons and daughters of God, brothers and sisters together. Now, for many of us, family is complicated. It's messy. It's either like super painful or just what healthy family looks like is, is a bit of an unknown. You've probably seen this. Um, oh, I didn't turn it on. That would probably help. There we go. Um, you've probably seen this somewhere in a house somewhere on like a nice little piece of drift, painted driftwood or something. Remember, as far as anyone knows, we are a nice, normal family. Um, and any time you see that in someone else's house, the goal is that you have like a little internal chuckle inside because, of course, we all know that there's no such thing as a normal family. Uh, It's a pretty uh, far-fetched concept. But we we still, we look for normal family. 
But when we look for normal family, we're looking at what our behavior looks like. Right? And instead, what we want to look for is what healthy kingdom family is, which looks at our identity and how our identity is woven together through love. So I'm gonna, we're going to read this together. Um, oh, there you go, in case you weren't sure what this was about, forgiveness and restoration in the context of family. So we're going to read um, from Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 to 14 in your Bible. So this uh, was a letter that was written by Super Church Planter Paul um, to the church in Colossae. And, um, and he says this, You are always and dearly loved by God. So robe yourself with virtues of God, since you have been divinely chosen to be holy. That's the, I just want you. Be merciful as you endeavor to understand others and be compassionate, showing kindness towards all. Be gentle and humble, unoffendable in your patience with others. Tolerate the weaknesses of those in the family of faith, forgiving one another in the same way that you have been graciously forgiven by Jesus Christ. If you find fault with someone, release that same gift of forgiveness to them. For love is supreme and must flow through each of these virtues. Love becomes the mark of true maturity. So forgiveness and restoration is right at the very heart of the good news of what Jesus has done for us. Now, our view of God and of ourselves and each other became horrendously distorted when Adam and Eve fell for Satan's lies and his deception right at the beginning. You can catch up on that. That's right at the beginning of the Bible in Genesis. Their sin disconnected humanity from God and from each other. And they entered into a state of being orphans. They got hoodwinked by the lie that they had to look out for number one. That someone else was to blame for what they had done. And so they stepped right into an identity as powerless victims. So we see an identity of orphans and victims running throughout the whole of humanity from that moment. And Jesus came to restore us back into the connection of family that God had always intended for us and to bring about a completely radical identity shift from orphans and victims who don't know who they are and are so afraid of punishment that they can't carry with the responsibility for their actions Two, sons and daughters of God, who are restored to their design as fully loved, fully forgiven, and powerfully responsible in their choices and actions. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I, I fully believe that, and I fully see that when you, you, know, when you look and see what Jesus has done, and yet the reality is that for me personally, I see very often in my own thought processes and actions that I've still got a whole load of unlearning to do. 
unlearning in the ways that I think about myself, in the ways that I think about others, in the ways that I see my own connection with Father God and, and how I perceive Father God sees me. And in the, uh, in the last, um, it, well, I say several months, it's been probably about a year, I've, I've gone back a lot to a book um, that actually is key leaders we all read. It's called Unpunishable, which look at the key characteristics between an orphan and a son. And I've just um, popped them on a slide for you because I think this is just so helpful. Oh, they, I'm skipping. <laughs> um, I think this is so helpful for us. An orphan or a victim, has a core belief that my flaws and failures make me unworthy of love, belonging, and connection. I deserve disconnection and punishment, and so does everyone else with flaws and failures. And typically, the behavior of an orphan or a victim is to avoid punishment either by hiding or fitting in through pleasing, perfecting, and performing, or by refusing to fit in by rebelling and making my own rules. And then, when other people hurt or punish or offend, sorry, when other people hurt or scare or offend, I, orphans tend to punish them instead. Now, I can, <laughs> I look at that and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. Pleasing, perfecting, and performing, that is like, that's like hand up. That's, yeah. Oh, gosh. In contrast, though, a son and daughter of God has a core belief that through Jesus, I have become a son or a daughter who is worthy of love, belonging, and connection. My mistakes do not disqualify me from the Father's love, and instead they are precisely where I learn the depth of his love, forgiveness, and commitment to transform me into a mature child that looks like Jesus. And the behavior of a son and a daughter is that sons and daughters pursue connection, even when it's painful. So our goal as sons and daughters of God is to live out a whole new identity. As Paul said, you are always and dearly loved by God. So robe yourself, put on the virtues of God. Paul's saying, take on that new nature. It's what's been given to you. You're not a, you're not a victim anymore. You're not an orphan anymore. You are a son and you are a daughter Now, this is an active process. It's not one that we just sit around and wait as if it's just going to drop on us like a, I don't know, like a magic spell or something and change us into completely different people. Jesus came to show us the heart of the Father, which is fully motivated by love. And if the mature, and if mature love is the environment of kingdom family, Then as sons and daughters and brothers and sisters together, we get to learn how to extend that towards others, just like the Father. And we can extend that towards others, just like the Father, in forgiving each other and in restoring one another. So, 
little question for you. When someone messes up and causes you pain or offence, what is your automatic reaction? I'll I'll be really honest here. A lot of my time, my go-to is usually I I move away. I move away. I try try and I disconnect. Um, That is, I, I know that that is a a reaction to try and like protect myself that is just self preservation and i see that in me and i'm like oh that's the orphan that's not who god says i am anymore so what would a mature son or daughter do instead i think sons and daughters and brothers and sisters together move toward each other in courage and in mercy Just as Paul said, be merciful as you endeavor to understand others. I think that when sons and daughters see someone who's messed up, they're still able to see them as God's kid too. Sons and daughters are fully connected in to the love of the Father who forgives and forgives and gives chance after chance to those who want to deal with their messes and choose a different way. I think sons and daughters are also aware of Jesus' authority that they carry as members of kingdom family. So in the Gospel of John, as the um, the, uh, letter written by one of Jesus' disciples, um, Jesus says, if you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. Done. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. So that's why Paul says, if you find fault with anyone, release that same gift of forgiveness to them. We have the authority to release forgiveness to each other. Now, I just, this is really important, a little bit of a caveat. I am talking particularly about forgiveness and restoration in the context of kingdom family. And I am incredibly aware that it's not always wise or safe to move towards a person who has violated connection with you. And it's not always wise or safe to, for you to be the one to walk, to walk with them on a journey of forgiveness and restoration. And God knows that. And, and it is still possible to release forgiveness over someone who has wronged you, however badly, and see that person as being worthy of God's love. Galatians 6.1, another letter written by Superchurch Planter Paul. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. That word there, restore, it means to make a person what they ought to be. I'll say that again. That word restore there means to make a person what they ought to be. Paul's talking here about the responsibility that we each carry as members of the same family to bring each other back into the wholeness of our God-given design as sons and daughters. That's what restoration is. And Paul, Paul, like Paul himself, is a brilliant example of the restoration of Jesus. He, Paul was, in essence, a religious terrorist. Um, he, the Bible describes him as breathing threats and murder against the followers of Jesus. 
He was part of the crowds who stoned Christians to death. He actively rounded up Christians and to throw them into prison. He was generally like not a nice guy. He thought he was doing the right thing, but it was, he, was, he was a religious terrorist. And Jesus lovingly confronted him on the road to Damascus. And if you want to read more about that, that's in Acts 9. And then he sent a man called Ananias to be with Paul and to restore Paul. So to bring Paul back into the wholeness of who Paul was created to be. But Jesus didn't restore Paul just so that the church wasn't in any danger anymore. He restored Paul so that he could, always, he could be who he was always meant to be and to do what he was always meant to do, which was to champion and build up sons and daughters in the church. So the restoration of Jesus is not, just, is not just bringing us into a place of wholeness and bringing us into a place of being brought back into our God-given design for us. It is for the sake of others as well. You are restored so that you can be a restorer of others. So if the key to forgiving one another and restoring one another is a matter of living in our, identi- in our divine identity, so who God says we are, how do we shift out of an orphan mindset and grow into mature sons and daughters who are united by Jesus into family? This is absolutely the work of the Holy Spirit in partnership together with us. Like, we need, to, we need to want it. We need to want our mindsets to be shifted out of thinking of ourselves and of others in a, in a way that a victim or an orphan would. We need to want it. And if we want it, then the Holy Spirit's like, yeah, great, let's walk, let's walk this together. I'll partner with you. And a lot of our growth into becoming a healthy family is going to happen as we walk through our mess-ups together. God isn't after behavior modification. He's after renewing our identity and restoring us into our God-made design. Because Jesus has completely removed the fear of punishment. Without the fear of punishment, we are able to move towards each other. We are able to move towards God. And we need to, we need to allow the Holy Spirit to dismantle the lies and the fear and the shame that is still deep inside of us so that we can love each other like he loves. Um, I'm, oh, I'm so aware of time. <laughs> um, can you guys, let's just stand This is the work of the Holy Spirit in us to retrain our minds, to renew our minds. Malachi 4.6 says this, He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers. This is what Jesus is longing to see in us and, and through us, that re, we return to one another as family. So 
I'm just going to pray and we're just going to, we're going to invite the Holy Spirit again. I know we're um, really running a little bit behind. If you need to go and get your kids, then please do. A, a kids team okay upstairs? Okay. All right. So Holy Spirit, we ask you that you would come. Jesus, we confess to you that you, you have paid the ultimate price to restore us into relationship and connection with the Father and each other, and yet so much of our behavior and our mindset reflect our old identity as orphans and as victims. And Holy Spirit, I ask you that right now, all across the room, that you would expose in kindness, the lies and the fear and the shame that we keep turning to. And we ask you, Holy Spirit, that you would come and dismantle them. Come, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I ask you that you would come now and you would release the love of the Father over every single person here in this room. Come, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. You are the God of the second, the third, the hundredth chance. Thank you that it's your kindness that leads us to to changing the way that we think and the way that we and the way that we behave. Thank you that your goodness restores us to be the people that we ought to be. Holy Spirit, I ask you that you would do the work in us of growing and moving towards being people who walk in the identity that you have restored us back into. We are who he says we are. And I ask you, Holy Spirit, that you would help our thoughts and our mindsets and our behavior patterns to follow into that. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. And we hope you enjoyed it. For more information, visit ashfordvineyard.org or maybe drop into something if you're nearby. In the meantime... Have a great week and know just how loved you are.